welcome to Lean Stuff. Today we are talking, well, we haven't really decided on a full full name or title for the episode yet. Uh, by the time it, you're listening to it, we will have. But mm-hmm. uh, it's coffee botany or some something to do with that. The plants, the seed, the farm. Yeah. The growth, the botany. Mm-hmm. Green. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were, we were going over a little bit of the... The plant, actually, if you're watching the episode, you might see we have a, a coffee plant on the table yes. in front of us. But um, we were talking a little bit about coffee and we realized just how much of the plant is unknown, unbeknown to the uh, to the coffee consumer. It's not the first thing you think of. It's uh, something you later on you go, my cup of coffee, how could it be better? Who works so hard to get this coffee? And we may not even think who works so hard. I mean, who works to get this coffee? And then you realize the people getting this cup of coffee to me work right. very hard. It's exceptionally hard. There's so many things going on. There's so much time involved as well. Time's a big one. Because there's what there's. So there's, I think you had said, well, it's in our notes too. So, <laughs> <laughs> but there's 2.25 million cups of coffee, coffee consumed every day. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you think about that, that's incredible. That's an incredible amount of coffee. That's a lot. Of, and that's the consumers who are, con- we are consuming the coffee. It's not producers. Right. That's just people drinking. That's a lot of ground up coffee getting thrown away every day. And I wonder, and I don't myself very much think about uh, when I'm sipping on that, that, that flat white or right. whatever coffee it is, what's in my mind? Probably something about to do with the day, how nice this is, whatever. <laughs> right. But I'm, the stresses are the relaxers. The plant of the day. plant doesn't come up very often in terms of oh man, someone worked very hard to get this for me. Right, and I mean you don't. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's so different when you're eating like fruit or something like that because you think of fruit and you think of the fruit that grow on the tree, or you know, mm-hmm. more commonly. But mm-hmm. coffee is so concealed within our cup or within a liquid. We don't actually often see the green fruit that it comes with. Yeah, it's right, which red is red fruit. And that green fruit, it, that conceals, that's not the coffee seed. You, it even conceals the seed within it. It's oh, like, you don't man. you don't get to see this stuff. <laughs> no, we don't. We often, we often get that, uh, get that wrong. We don't, we don't pay much respect back to no, the, the origin, origin. Or we get a packet of ground coffee. We don't even see the, the seed within the, in the coffee cherry. So it's like, what are we talking about? Yeah, well, and, and coffee is a primary export for a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. Um, Latin America, Africa, Asia. And how many how many jobs in those coffee-producing countries? I've looked. There's different stats out there, but you were talking around somewhere 25 million people. That's their income wow. is growing the trees so that we can sip our cup of coffee. But then on a global scale... Coffee actually provides jobs for more than just coffee-producing countries. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 500, 500 million that's jobs. That's what they say, and that's involving people utilizing coffee indirectly or directly, right from the plant itself, or later on in the process, or in right. another country. Five hundred million—that is their income. That's a lot of people to be involved. That's a lot of people moving coffee and it is. roasting it. And we yeah. used to at, at, our, at our roastery. Sometimes we would think. Just at the roaster, when it gets there, how many hands does it pass through before we <laughs> yeah. actually put it in a packet? And I can't remember. We're talking about 30-plus hands. By the time you take the bags off the truck, you take them in, and then you count no, you count the beans, you count the bags, <laughs> and then you take the bags and put them onto a pallet, and it goes on and on, and you realize you know, the roasters then take the beans and then the packers. It's, it's a lot of hands involved just at the roastery. Did you count everybody as two hands or one hand? 
Wow, that's we may need to count again <laughs> to recount or just times it by two. No, yeah, oh yeah, there you go. At least someone hasn't got a hand <laughs> or two hands. Um, but yeah, I mean, just kind of starting from the very beginning, coffee comes from a tree, and I know we've we've talked somewhat about this in the past, and hopefully these, you know, this episode or we might have to bleed over into multiple, but mm-hmm. we'll go into a little bit more in depth of just the the actual process of what's on the tree, mm-hmm. how does coffee grow, and where, and that kind of thing. It's really interesting the whole coffee tree, or some some of the writing was, you know they some call it a tropical evergreen shrub. <laughs> it makes me think of Monty Python. Okay, <laughs> <A> shrubbery. <laughs> oh my, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> yes. But it is an evergreen tropical shrub. That man, that just does not sound like coffee at all. Does well, if it? you look at that right in front of us, what's that yeah. look like? Well, it looks like an, an evergreen shrub, a tropical evergreen shrub. <laughs> <laughs> um. And how high can or how large can a I mean obviously what's in front of us is fairly small. Yeah. But yeah. how how large can one of these oh, grow? Oh, a coffee tree, they get big. I mean, we're talking a hundred feet. Wow. Which if you were someone coming to a coffee farm that they do it seasonally usually mm-hmm. and go to one coffee farm, then they go to another coffee farm to pick the cherries off that plant. Mm-hmm. You don't want your workers a hundred feet up in the air. <laughs> no, that's that's quite a way up in the air. And no, so it grows grows that high. And, and actually, funny that they will use a hundred foot coffee tree to shade the coffee trees below. Mm. I mean, there's forests out there that are not just coffee trees, though. Right. But um, the uh, coffee tree usually, I don't know. You're talking about ten, fifteen feet, perhaps thirty. I don't know, mm-hmm. but. Enough so someone could climb up in a ladder and pick out the the beans, but more than that, so that they probably don't need to use a ladder, they can just reach up and and pick off the beans um, mm. without having to safety problems or just can't reach them. I think of like a like a hazelnut orchard mm-hmm. um, has kind of that height to it almost. Yeah. Yeah, an achievable height. So yeah, you, you don't want people hundred feet in the air. No, <laughs> otherwise if you, if you get too high. Either you're going to get beans, good coffee cherries that are mm. not going to be picked because you just can't reach them. Right. Uh, the birds will get them, whatever. Um, so you, you've got to think about the height of what that tree, and they will prune uh, to keep them at a, at a good height that's manageable for the farm for them to produce them mm. and harvest them as such. And one of the things that we were looking at in our notes here, and you had a photo that was kind of interesting, and I might be jumping a little bit, but. That's right. The different types of coffee, coffee plants, what what they actually look like, um, can be different. That's from right, variety to variety. But just what they look like specifically is, you know, if you're not if you're looking on the podcast or watching it, sorry, there there is going to be a little little coffee tree on our table here. But yep, they're a very green plant. Yep, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Ever, evergreen shrub. I guess. It's funny. <laughs> we you look at this one and you can describe that tree, and that is a coffee tree shrub right. whatever you want to call it um and it's going to grow 100 feet if we allowed it to do that maybe not in that pot that we have no but. oh i doubt i'd be alive at that point <laughs> but um uh but it's interesting different trees uh, different coffee trees are going to look quite different you can mm-hmm. get a lot of variety out there we'll look at that shortly about what that variety what that means to us when we taste our our, our cup of coffee because the type of tree they mm-hmm. grow where they grow it, how high they grow it, what the soil is, how long they grow it, when do they mm. pick just the red ones or do they pick the green cherries off the tree, it makes a huge difference to the cup of coffee that we actually drink, end up drinking here. Yeah, and the one that we have here has a kind of a 
I would almost call it a waxy leaf. It looks yeah. shiny, kind yeah. of. Is that common to most coffee trees you find? Uh, I'm not. I'm not a botanist. So I don't know all my coffee trees that well. But I mean, the ones I've seen have always had that waxy look to them. Mm. Um, the the leaves, how they grow, is different for different trees. Some grow like this one. That's all sort of together in bunches some grow more separately up a, up, up a different branch mm. um and separately some you know branch off from that and grow so th- there's different ways a coffee tree grows as i say i'm not a botanist i don't quite understand all <laughs> the intricacies of that but i yeah. do know there's different trees that grow differently that therefore taste differently in the cup and how many varieties of coffee are there uh well <laughs> Who you, you, if, if you go through the family tree of you know starting it from plant, yeah, it's not an animal, it's plant. If you remember oh. your biology, you realize that's where you start. There's the animal kingdom, there's the plant kingdom, and off you go down that one. And it's incredible to go through right down to where you get down to a species, mm. and now you can find coffee in there, the coffea, and that's a species of of um, mm. of a coffee tree. And before that, you've got a genus coffea. And you go down into the species, which you're going to get to Arabica and Robusta. That's probably the most common ones. There's Liberia. There's, I think, I'm going to say there's 120 different species. Wow. And probably we know one or two. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's pretty amazing how many, I mean, I just think of the variety we have. I just, the, you know, like you said, the one or two that we may know. That yeah. We yeah. have so much variety within that, let alone there's, you know, other. Mm-hmm. There's variety in it. And like the, we, and we're. The species of Arabica, which is what we particularly use in the specialty coffee industry, it's got some, we'll look at that perhaps another podcast, it's just, it's, the benefits are incredible, but it does have some disadvantages of it can't just grow everywhere, it, it, but it tastes way better than a Robusta, for instance, but, um, but uh, I like to look on the pack you buy at the shop, at the roastery, mm. or you buy the green beans. You probably get some more information before you roast it at home yourself. And you can start finding out some information of, sure, the country where it was where it was grown originally. Um, is it Arabica or Robusta? That's a really good question to ask <laughs> um, because there's a lot of manufacturers or uh, producers in the consumer countries that will label it as Arabica with a little bit of Robusta in it just to beef it up because Robusta is a lot cheaper. Mm. And But you're going to change the taste of that coffee. Some would say it's 100% Arabica. Then you need to look into the rules. What's 100% mean? Does it mean there's no Robusta in here? Mm. So there's different things that, that go on there. But I, I, I find looking at the packet of coffee, you can find out, oh, I, there's the species. Oh, it's gone further. It's talked about a variety. It's a couture. Mm. Um, it's a bourbon. It's a typica. Don't worry about those words, but they are varieties of coffee. And then you'll find that they may go to a sub subvarietal of of it's been crossed. This uh, typica has been crossed with a, a bourbon, and now you've got a different coffee. And so it, it, <laughs> wow. you suddenly start realizing this is huge. Well, there's just so much you can mix and match and so mm-hmm. many different combinations you can create. There is. There's a limit to it, to the Arabica. It's pretty much similar uh, mm. around the world, and they've tried to make crossbreeds and, and do things with it because of things like disease, coffee mm. borer, uh, rust on the leaves that looks just like rust. Uh, if that happens to a farmer on his tree, as it's happened recently in Guatemala and some of the, some um, uh, places that, that, that ruins your crop and suddenly you don't have income for that year, and what do you do? Wow. 
you can't just lean, you've got nothing else to lean back on as a farmer and you've got to look at what, I need to get a different pineapple, I need to get some, grow apples, what do I need to do to survive? Because my coffee is dying. Wow. Well, I don't know how to segue from that. Sorry, but, yes. Uh, <laughs> was a, I didn't mean to be too serious. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Well, I guess, so one thing to look at is, you know, what is actually in in our drink? What is it actually made up of, you know, from the plant there? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the short answer is it's a plant. That's right. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening. <laughs> I. It's almost like, you know, when, when you juice things, and it's, it's completely different, I guess, but that idea of we are using a plant to create a drink, you know, it's like juicing a carrot or something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, yeah, it's completely, <laughs> when I say it's like that, it is completely different to juicing <laughs> a carrot, but it's, we are still consuming a plant byproduct or, you know, something, mm-hmm. something of that nature. That's right. Yeah. Um, so the trees are, are typically grown in a tropical climate. Correct. And you can grow trees outside the tropics, you know, for instance, the one we have on the table here. That's right. We, yeah, exactly. Good point. And, uh, and, <laughs> well, got, and even in New Zealand, you had a couple as well. I did. On I, the back porch. Yeah. It wasn't uh, my problem not being a, that much of a farmer with the couple I had on back porch, um, like this one here, mm. is it wasn't insect disease. It wasn't rust. Uh, it wasn't suddenly flooding. It wasn't poor soil that was my problem mm. with growing it. It was a, another thing called, you may have heard this word, it's called a toddler. Oh, mm-hmm. not you. <laughs> but I remember having friends around, and that was that was fine. And they had toddlers, and we were doing things as adults. And yeah, when they left, I realized, where <laughs> yeah. are my coffee plants? They had <laughs> been pulled up. They'd been all pulled up. Oh. <laughs> anyway, that and frost and frost. Yeah, yeah. I found, and we're getting on another topic here. That frost is a huge barrier to mm. coffee, and you're not getting that in the tropics. When I talk about the tropics talk about the tropics and talk about between um, Tropic of Cancer and Capricorn there. Right. And if you get it in between those... You're in a good place. You're in a good place and you start losing some of those those variables that are going to ruin a, a, a coffee tree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other thing is rainfall. Yeah. You Coff- need a lot of it. You do. Um, and at a certain time of the year. You need- right. You need it to be at the right time. Yep. Cause, I mean, you know, do you think of a place like where we are in Oregon, we get a lot of rain. Yes. But we're not at a tropical climate. No, and that the length of time it rains in Oregon and the cold and the frost makes it very hard to grow a plant. You would need to bring it inside to, to grow a plant like this. Do, are there places that greenhouse coffee outside of the tropics that we, hmm. you know, I mean, that's one thing I always wonder, like, you know, are there countries greenhousing coffee that don't? I, I, you, um, there could be. Uh, I don't mean they grow it in America, uh, down California. They grow it. Mm. I'm not sure. I don't think they put it into to greenhouses. The problem you're going to have there is room and, and space mm. to store in a greenhouse. The amount of coffee trees we were talking about before, right? you won't have enough space to do that. You need just just sheds and sheds and sheds of, of warehouses of, of coffee, uh, buildings, you'd say, to grow your coffee in. Mm. And that gets really expensive because you've got another thing called humidity. Right. You've got to keep it in a certain humidity. And those sheds, how are you going to 
who's going to pay for to keep the heaters on at night? <laughs> right. Well, and when we say temperature, what temperature is kind of a average? Yeah, we're looking for? average. I would think, and again, I'm not a botanist, but what I read, what I hear from farmers is 21 Celsius. That's 70 Fahrenheit. About. Mm. Um, Sounds like a good climate. It does sound like a nice warm <laughs> climate, and that's why people live in the tropics uh, because you do get heavy downpours, but you get a mm. lot of nice warm temperature, and the coffee tree loves it. Mm. And what, when we talk about tropics and then between tropics, you know, Capricorn mm-hmm. and Cancer and then temperature, what's the, also the altitude that those need to be sitting at? Altitude, yeah. They, I mean, they they can range from sea level right up to almost like 2,000 meters or 6,500 um, feet. Mm. Um, so it so does give a lot of range it to does. the countries in those areas. It, it can grow in a lot of different places mm-hmm. within those countries. It can. Of course, you've got another thing when you talk about altitude. Mm. As you go higher, you tend to get a, a, a better tasting coffee. It's, mm. it, there's a whole thing to go with that of the plant having to work really hard to get the nutrients. It takes longer at a higher altitude. There's not as much oxygen. Right. But because the, in a sense, because the plant has worked so hard, it produces these wonderful flavors. Yeah. So you get some high-grown Guatemalan coffees. Um, mm. They call them like strictly hard bean coffees. It's hard because it's it's taken a lot to grow, whereas the robusta we, we may talk about it. We will talk about it in another um, session. Uh, grows a sea level a whole lot of it, right? But it hasn't grown. It's not hard for it to do, but unfortunately, it doesn't taste very good. Interesting. When you put take it to the cup. Interesting. Yeah. So it 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 can vary flavor wise via temperature, location, altitude, mm-hmm. nutrients in the soil, all those different. Yeah. Parts of that. Yeah. I mean, those nutrients in the soil, that's a, that's a huge one just in itself of where you plant it. You can't just plant it in. You can't plant it at the beach, for instance. <laughs> right. <laughs> it needs to be, a forest is a good place, but then you need to you need to cut some stuff out so you can actually grow your trees and keep the other shade trees there. So you keep your, your birds going there because they're important to, as they drop things um, poop you mean yeah I didn't want to say that <laughs> <laughs> but that fertilizes the, the for the for the plants below there's right. a whole ecosystem going on there so you've got to be very careful when you start taking away trees to, well, to, to grow other trees and what's crazy is it takes five years so you plant a cup of coffee you don't plant a cup of coffee <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great wouldn't it? you pour the coffee onto the ground yeah. Woo, there's a tree <laughs> yeah but you you plant a coffee bean or, yes or coffee seed yes it takes five years for that to grow to the point where it's even producing coffee that I can use. Approximately, but yeah, five years. Yeah, be and right. then it's only got 15 years of prof, you know, of producing coffee that's usable. That's right. You could, you could, it could be longer. We probably should just, just pause here for a moment because mm. you, you plant the, the, the seed into the ground and right. if all things go well, it's, if you don't have toddlers around, if you don't have bora bugs, if you don't Rust, have disease, all those all things, if there's not a typhoon that comes in, whatever it may be, right? It takes five years. What does the farmer do during those five years? You hope he has other trees that are older that he can produce and get money from, but mm. if he's got a small little plot, that's hard to do. It's hard to turn your crop while you. Yeah, it's hard to get new growth to replace your old crop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, a, and a, because it is a plant, as you say, it has a, a, a productive life of 15 years. And you could you could go, it could last a lot, 75 years. Uh, but the 
the, the seed's not going to taste as good after 15 years. And then, mm. and then that's a that's a generalization again. But um, the farmer needs he's got a lot of time to to have to 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 produce a good crop that he gets income from. And uh, he may not have enough room to even have little seedlings. They call them soldiers that uh, that he can have those ready to take over from when his 15-year-old ones are time to retire mm, become amazing, shade trees. Amazing how much work it takes just to get ready for the next crop. Make mm-hmm. sure your soil's at the right temperature. Make sure your soil's got the right nutrients. Make sure uh, one of the things that we were talking about was shade. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just... I mean, you can plant coffee in a big open place but it needs shade after you what were you saying the first year if you if you plant it in a big open sunny field mm-hmm. the first year will be okay well the first producible year so after five years yes. it might be okay mm-hmm. but you're going to start to not get as good a coffee from that if it doesn't have enough shade is well that, is that what you were saying yeah or? not quite not uh, quite oh uh, man. sorry it's good it's a good good try there but uh, <laughs> we were talking about uh, pollination that a coffee tree mm. it's self-pollinating the arabica is anyway that's uh, right that's right and because it's self-pollinating it can just do its own thing it can do it alone right um but if they found that if you have other trees around that attract birds and insects and particularly the bee, mm. um, it is then can help um, pollinate the coffee tree. And they talk about 50% more uh, yield on that tree because of pollination from insects uh, from uh, happens. Wow. And it just means there's more stuff going on, so more gets pollinated, so you get a bigger yield. Uh, and I better, better say in case someone comes back and says, whoa, just what about Brazil? Which doesn't have a lot of shade growing coffee. It's mm. all in you. You look at pictures of Brazilian coffee trees, and it's all in beautiful rows. I've been there myself, and yeah. there's no shade trees going on. There may be a few, but typically it's just out there in the open. Guess what? Brazil's right in the middle of the tropics, and it's a it's a climate that works beautifully for coffee. Hmm. So when the if there's rain, that's fine. But by the time the rain stops, it's the right time for harvesting. It's just a good climate for coffee, which is why probably Brazil is one of the top producers in the world of our coffee. Everything just lines up really it, well. It's a great place to grow coffee. Yeah, and you were saying even just the smell when you were in Ethiopia. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned that you you can even just smell coffee trees. You can. It's it's a, an experience that I thought I would never have, but there I was going down a dusty road <laughs> and you had to have the windows down because it got so hot right but then you had to have them up so you didn't get so much dust in, in the in the the, the four-wheel drive thing we were using yeah um, but when you had them down which is most of the time um, there was a just a constant smell smell when you went through a place like Yerkechefi and you would smell stuff and you say what is that that smell I recognize that it was sort of like a jasmine smell to me hmm. and that was just coffee tree after coffee tree just growing wild on the side of the road let alone the, the plantation whatever the farm we were going to go to right uh, where they actually line up lines or you get the the guy who just has a room sized plot mm-hmm. and that's his and he's going to put that with his neighbor who's going to put it with their neighbor and their neighbor and then they may get a, a tree worth of coffee no that was more than that but but yeah but lots the, of coffee trees but the smell it. is just amazing and just natural in places like ethiopia brazil is similar i don't remember the smell as much as i did uh, in yurkajefi in, in, in ethiopia hmm. but uh, you could think they're just ripe berries you could think they're just grapes no those are the coffee cherries that they are going to go through this incredible process right. to get them off that tree 
at just the right time. You can't just pick them. Right. We're going to talk about that. But um, it's uh, it's just natural there. And that's why they are the producing countries because you can, can't grow it like that in America, in New Zealand. They do a little bit in, in like North Australia, hmm. but it's getting up again and within those tropics again, Papua New Guinea up there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just to kind of briefly touch on the, I think we'll finish on the tree, mm-hmm. but one of the things that was amazing to me is how much uh, coffee, uh, you know, a coffee tree on a coffee farm doesn't produce or does produce, I guess. It's like you think of like a coffee tree and you think of how much coffee is in your cup or, you know, different mm-hmm. things like that. And I get this really, you know, I used to have a very skewed perception of how much coffee actually came out of a tree, but it's surprisingly almost nothing like you know I not know. it blows your mind it's what it is it's 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 around four thousand beans or a pound of coffee yes half a kilo of coffee that's picked the beans those four thousand beans weigh a pound which is crazy you go to the store you know and most coffee comes in you know a pound bag mm-hmm. or something like that yeah. and you think of if you think of it that way you think about how many trees that is that's a tree you know it's a little bit different because that's roasted it's not green yeah beans, these so things the weights change different yeah. and but you think about how many trees that is just sitting on the shelves of that one store. It's you think one tree. This is generalized, but one tree produces one uh, to one and a half pounds of roasted coffee. So one bag of coffee is one tree. How many trees do you need to have all those bags you see at the supermarket or at your roaster? How many trees are needed? Uh, to produce that amount of coffee, and we are consuming what did I say at the beginning? 2.5 Two, million cups yeah. of it a day. Yeah, it's growing. I think it was two and a quarter, but from the beginning, but oh, no, I think you're right, two and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I probably has go- it probably has gone up to that just during this episode. Our coffee consumption's gone up a quarter million. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's crazy how much goes into just a single cup, just from that tree, just from growing, just from the farmer cultivating that tree over the course mm-hmm. of years and years and years, five years to get to the point where he can take it and then uh you know process those beans then then ship those beans to us so that we can then roast them then mm. we can then grind them then we can use them through whatever method you know it's like there's so many steps we go through yeah just to get a single cup of coffee then it's like wine you know you think of wine there's a plethora of wine we can mm-hmm. buy at the store pour in a cup mm-hmm. and drink it but you don't think that like the cup that I'm drinking took years to make yeah the the advantage for wine of course is they grow the coffee, the vines grow. Mm. It's all in the same country. True. It's all done. There's nothing. No, there's no. Depending on where you bought the wine. True. That's true. <laughs> but where you you do the whole thing, whereas coffee is much more segmented right. in terms of it grows. Then they that grow has to take it to a dry mill. Then that dry mill or to wet mill. And then that wet mill has to take it to a dry mill. And then that dry mill has to take it to the port. And then that port has to send it over to. It goes on. Whereas wine has a little bit more advantage that you can do it all a lot more at one place. Right. And then you can sell it on the same place if you want. If you want to. Exactly. And I think coffee, there's a lot more, there's a lot more transport. There's a lot of, I mean, you even think of like Swiss water process has to go to specific places to be processed Mm -hmm. or, you know, depending on how you do it, there's just so many moving parts in different people. Recently, a year ago, they had a a port strike. So the shipping, they're all on strike Mm. for whatever reasons or good, bad, whatever. But that meant there was ships circling around or just anchored outside the harbor mm. waiting to to take the coffee beans that are sitting in containers yeah. in their ships to get 
to the port so they could unload it. Wow. Lots of hands there. But yeah. that just just ruins the whole chain suddenly of getting coffee from the tree to our cup. Yeah. The port can just blow it. It disrupts that chain. So, I mean, it's like there's so, it seems like there's so much fragility mm-hmm. in that chain. You think of like the farmer, just the sustainability I of him know, it's incredible. having an income mm-hmm. that's, you know, a fair income for what he's doing. Like, yeah. You know, without that farmer, we don't have <gasps> Starbucks. We don't have story. Yeah. any yeah. roasters. And then yet, you know, oftentimes we're making so much money off of those things compared to what the farmer is. So there's just so much fragility. And then we go back to kind of, you know, the root of what we're trying to talk about today, which is just the botany of just the plant. Just the plant. And just to grow a plant is an incredible thing to do. It takes a a lifetime of knowledge, really, of experience to know what works and what doesn't work. And uh, and you do all that work. And if you get it right, and I say if you get it right, right, And you get it on to, as far as onto the the ship to, mm-hmm. to send off to Europe, to New Zealand, to to the states, wherever you're going, sending that. Uh, and if it gets stuck outside the port, <laughs> yeah. And your moisture content of the bean or the hull in the in the, the where the, the it's been stored in the ship, right. something goes wrong. It's there too long, and then us the roaster can say this is we we always do a sample of what we get compared to what we were sent months ago mm-hmm. and if it's not the same we can say no we you know we need to, we need a different sample you need to get a different lot this one's not going to work this doesn't taste good it doesn't happen that often fortunately but uh, but there's that chance that yeah. possibility that what you produce so may that, not be that, any that, good that strike has caused a problem to our farmers yeah well i, I think that's kind of what we're gonna where we're gonna stop today and i know we've only kind of briefly touched on cool. so many things i mean there's there's still so much to go into, so we will save that for another time. But mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, we've kind of given a little bit of an idea of what that kind of looks like. I know it's been a little maybe haphazard, but no, uh, yeah, and it's really I am not an expert in this, but to get just the feel of mm. what's going on here um, and what the farmer deals with, it'd be good. I don't know if we can. It would be nice to do a podcast in Ethiopia or Brazil or somewhere where we can talk to the farmers. That with, would be nice. And actually say, what is the literal realistic perspective of this? I mean, I've, I've gleaned a little bit from being to those countries, but I have my my own filters that I don't see at all. I don't understand at all. And there's things going on that is like might blow our minds. Yeah. Bringing perspectives from different uh, parts of the coffee chain. But uh, yeah, so we are going to go more into this in Good. other episodes, but uh, we're, we're happy to stop here today and hopefully give you some insight into kind of some appreciation for the, the cup itself. I would say yeah. when you buy your next bag, if, you buy, if you're roasting it, you'll find this out too. But if you buy your next bag, take some time mm-hmm. to turn it over usually and Put look on the back yeah. and see what the name of the farmer is. I like it. See if it's there. See if it's there for a start. And most are not probably because they just don't know that. But if there is a name there, you think, wow, here's the name of a person who's done all this work to get it here. And I'm thankful for that. But just if it's the farm's not there, check the varietal. Mm. I would say check it's Arabica first. That's probably the first thing to look at. Right. And that's usually big on the front because they get quite excited that it's Arabica. But that's a pretty big general thing that you need to go a little deeper than that. Yeah. Well, thank you again for tuning in, for watching, for joining us. Um, we hope you have learned something. Um, if you Obviously, if you have any questions, any comments, feel free to 
notify us of that in the usual ways our website or Facebook or Twitter or MySpace no we don't have MySpace but uh, <laughs> anything YouTube um, and thank you so much for listening and again we uh, we look forward to, to chatting with you again next week and uh, we're also excited to see what coffees you try what farmers you find yeah thanks <laughs>